great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and I didn't make that clear. I didn't see it. No, yeah, you started reading everything that you saw, and I was like, I see that too. And then I was like, wait, I'm recording now. Welcome to Haley Joel Osmond's Circus of Bullshit. This is debriefing and cocktails. This week we are joined by a very special guest. This. This douchebag or turd sandwich, I can't decide, is Jordan Hillhouse. Jordan, thank you so much for being here with us uh, this well, week Haley, to talk about license. Yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's an talking. honor, Haley. I, I loved you ever since I saw you in that movie with, uh, who's that action star? Robert Duvall. Yes. That, <laughs> Secondhand that, Lions. You were amazing in that movie. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to tell, but that that blanket I was holding so so snugly was made out of baby lambs, and it was it was cozy. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much yeah. again for being with us. And as always, the co-master is Sergio Lugo is here with us. Sergio, how are you doing? Are you the douche or the turd sandwich? Uh, dibs on turd sandwich. <laughs> oh, oh, he got down, so we're going to do that. I'll take douche, because we all know where that goes. Oh, oh, oh I'll no. take turd sandwich, because we all know where that's been. Oh, oh no. All right, we, we need to move along. We're classier than this. We're, we're hosting a James Bond podcast here, guys. <laughs> well, Sergio, what are we... Uh, I know you didn't have enough time to prep for this. You didn't get your Batman on, but what are we here to talk about today? Uh, we're here to talk about James Bond. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck, what was the name of this movie again? License Stiller. to Kill. License to yeah. Kill. Is it, li- is it capital L, capital T, capital K, or is it lowercase t? How do, how do you write it out? Uh, traditionally, you would write that as a lowercase t. But since it's mm-hmm. anything's, you know, anything goes when you're writing movie names, it yeah. could be capitalized. It's probably capitalized. Would you ever see it spelled L2K? No. L the number two in K. No, because then it's license 2000. Yeah. Yeah, I, I immediately rejected that as soon as I put it in. I was like, nope, that doesn't look right when I wrote it out. Oh, well... Sergio, do you want to start us off this week, or do you want uh, me or Jordan, our guest host, to start? Well, I, I guess first let, let's let's uh, familiarize uh, Jordan to the, the format of the podcast, which oh yeah, go ahead. I, I'm just going to assume he's never listened to. That's that's a terrible assumption. We uh, we, we 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 talk about. All, all these these James Bond movies and the, this we we have specific sections like the first section is just a general overview of how we felt about the movie. We don't really go deep into the step by step of what the movie's about or the, you know the 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 story beats. It's more of just a 
informal, here's our opinion on this shit, right? Then after that, there's the music section, or is it the trope section, which is second? Music is second. Yeah, music is second. We talk about the music. That includes the music in the movie. Uh, that includes the uh, theme song and the artist that does the theme song. Uh, and then we have a tropes section where we talk about what tropes are in the movie. And then the final, the big the big bang, the, the reason I'm here, the thing I'm most excited about is the ranking of James Bond movies. And we will get to that when we get to that. Okay. Welcome now, to the show. <laughs> something sad to tell you, Jordan. Uh, yeah. I don't think we really talked about it. Was you're not going to get to weigh in very much on that last one. Okay. We'll get again. We'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I'm going to well, go ahead and go first because all right. This was a cool James Bond movie. Okay. Like c- compared to a lot of the, the 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 garbage that we've watched so far. Garbage is a mm-hmm. strong word, but I stand by it. Uh, this one is really good, uh, and I knew it was going to be good when, in the first like three minutes of the movie, James Bond was kissing uh, Felix Leiter's fiance on the mouth, like making out with her. <laughs> I was just like, "Fuck, this movie's down, man." That yeah, I, I saw that too, and I'm like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> What is what is this movie? Did we did we miss something in another movie? I don't know. I don't know. Like I thought maybe it's a British thing, but no. Like Felix is American, she's so a, no. And she seemed American too. Yeah. Yes. Quite. Yeah. So, so but 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 like in 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 the span of like the first thirty forty five minutes, there's a wedding. There's like a a parachute action sequence where he parachutes into the wedding. There's a uh, Felix Leiter's leg gets bitten off by a shark. Mm -hmm. And Mm. James Bond is like, screw you guys. I'm going to go take care of business and is is basically (laughs) disavowed by the British government. Yeah, screw you guys. I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. Like it's an exciting fucking act one. Jordan, what do you think of all that? Oh man, you you know how I feel. I uh, I really enjoyed this movie. This was the first Bond movie I saw. I didn't even know it was a Bond movie. Like I didn't know what James Bond was or anything um, when I originally saw this. And it was a, uh, I mean, it's entertaining. I haven't seen it in about at least fifteen years. And um, oh man, it was entertaining. I mean, it's yeah. that that opening sequence is is pretty cool. You have the shootout, you have the the escape. Like I thought, the Sanchez escape was really cool, and then the fishtail, and then they go to the wedding, and that's like in the first five minutes. Like, and then I I just I don't know. It just I don't know. I think it's it kind of drags a little in the middle, but. I like it. I mean, I I think it's a really decent Bond movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, good villain. I like the villain. I like the scam that they have going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the villain's definitely really good. He's he's one of the better parts of the movie. Most remind of the remind me, which is his good. scam again? Well, a couple. He, he has the whole Wayne Newton thing where uh, 
they're like selling drugs by a televangelist. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then uh, they they turn cocaine into gas. I don't know how how yes. possible that is, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> the, their 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 product is so pure that it dissolve, dissolves one hundred percent into gasoline. Yeah, it, it's at least creative, whether it's realistic or not. I mean, that is a whole thing for it to be realistic too, but it's a cool concept if it can even kind of work. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I really like this Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. It it, it feels a, a lot like um, Timothy Dalton's other Bond movie. What was it called? Um, the Living Daylights. The Living Daylights, yeah. like They, they, they both have the same feel to them. Uh, very action-heavy, very, uh, I, I use this phrase a lot, but rough and tumble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, a, in a way that the, the the previous Bond just didn't have for the ones that you know I've seen so far. Uh, almost almost like a like a soft precursor to uh, Daniel Craig's Bond. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this one especially. Yeah. I think, or at least in in story tone, this one for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, th- this this was possibly the most personal bond story we've we've watched so far yeah in in its totality uh, yeah yeah because you know he's not really doing spy work at least at least not official spy work you know Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. he he, it's a revenge story It, it is it's a revenge story and and i don't say that as 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 like a pejorative like it's cool that they're allowing him to to just not follow orders so the only other ones that I would say are really personal would be Quantum of Solace and Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And I'd yeah. kind of not count on her. I mean, it's obviously personal, but I wouldn't I'd put Quantum uh Honor Majesty's Secret Service under it'd be the bottom of the three. Because it's personal in the last five minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Or the last ten minutes. The rest of the movies it's Austin just Powers. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quantum of Solace and this movie are personal for different reasons throughout their movie. So, would you still thinking of Quantum of Solace since you have seen that one? Would you yeah. still say that? Yeah, yeah, I would still say that. What, what about you, Jordan? Would you agree with that? What was the question? Is which one of these is more personal, License to Kill or Quantum of Solace, to you? I don't know. I mean, I want to say this one because he is like he really seems like Felix is his homeboy in this. And, <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely know, on a tear for sure throughout the most of the movie. Like I, everything I, he's doing is a pursuit for that. Yeah. And I know uh, Vesper was like the girl, but he's had so many of the girls, you know. Right. And I, the thing that just made me think of it is I, I, th- I don't think all of the movie of Quantum of Solace is him going after that vengeance. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misremember it. But assuming that's true, then I would say License to Kill is more personal, if that's true. Yeah. Like, unlike most of the, the, the Bond movies that I've, again, I, that I've seen so far, License to Kill does feel like 
one that could stand on its own outside of a couple of plot things, you know, like the whole Q branch coming in mid movie and saying, oh, I've got some gadgets for you, buddy. Like mm. other than that, this just stands alone as like a rogue, a rogue spy movie. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it kind of does. Yeah, uh, maybe a thing or two, but like you're kind of right, because that, that's actually some of my. I don't want to say complaints, but critiques of the movie uh-huh. is take take Sanchez, for example. You know, you have a lot of these other characters, the Spectre characters or whoever else, and they all just kind of seem to know James Bond. They all just kind of figure know who he is, even if they don't know who he is right off the bat. You know, but once they hear James Bond, British Secret Service, they they all know. But yeah, his, dude, his reputation precedes him. It super precedes him. That shit's in the room 20 minutes before he is. Mm-hmm. But th- in this one, Sanchez knows nothing about him, apparently. At all. But do you think uh, Bond knew anything about Sanchez before? Because it kind of seems... Honestly... Go ahead, it and... seems what? I was going to say, it kind of seems like at the very beginning when, uh, you know, they ditched the wedding to go on a, uh, you know, <laughs> killed the drug kingpin visit, um, that it, it kind of seems like James like, okay, I'll, I'll go on this. <laughs> like, I can't, can't wait to kill someone, but I don't think he really cared or knew who the guy was. But, I, I, you know, I could be wrong on that, but I don't no, know. No, no, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I, I don't think he... I think he maybe like knew him. I I think he had a passing understanding of him or a little, or just a smidge more than that. Cause you can presume he and Felix are that close of friends at this, for at this point. So, you know, maybe he knows enough, but he's still secret service for the Brits. So he's not really doing anything about it. It's not, that's not their fight. So yeah. And I think he knows something, but not enough. Something else I'm thinking with Sanchez is um, he kind of seems like the type of guy to uh, not really have enemies, you know, like he'll kill them before, you know, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they get too close. So I guess he was just kind of out of, you know, he never had any dealings with him. And I guess so. And that that's fine. I still guess I would. I, I guess this really is kind of different. Or it's at least hard for me to put my finger on it. Is this supposed to be, you know, Scarface is and the drug world is so removed from that government agency that they wouldn't hear about or deal with MI6, I guess. Right. When you think about it, like, no, no. I mean, they're in South America. So that mm -hmm. that's way out of their jurisdiction. That never really stopped England before. But I mean, <laughs> right. that, that's a long way, you know, that's it, I, well, I, right. know. I couldn't see that. Yeah. And and this is very much a local thing. It's there's no there's no reason for England to meddle with American drug cartels. Right. When it's yeah. not affecting them either. Yeah. And that, really country, not that Isthmus country, they have a dictator. I, I don't know it. That seems very dicey to get involved in that. Right. So so maybe this all makes sense. It just feels disjointed 
from the rest of the series. If you if you were a longtime Roger Moore person, and then the second movie of the new Bond was this, it's it's a little disjointing from from the rest of the from his other romps because he is getting told by M or MI6 or the British government or somebody like, all right, Bond, you've heard of this person. He wants to take over the world. You got to go stop him. Like, all right, I'm going to go do that. So he's been told where to go and what to do and who to go after. Well, and Whereas, you know, this maybe guy, this isn't. You know, Sanchez is, you know, he might be one of these types that like he has a casino. He has a bank. He's like a legitimate business person. So, I mean, right. they, they might that know area, it's yeah. shady, but they might not have anything on them. Now, where sure. exactly yeah, is this set? I thought it was uh, Chile. The, but the I part think where they they're in the casino or stuff, that's... Oh, yeah, that part, I don't know. They're in, like, Isthmus City in the from the middle point on. That's in mm-hmm. Panama. When they're, when, they're in the, uh, when they're in the casino and stuff. I believe it was Isthmus City. I'm going to double-double check that real quick. Okay, and it's not real. It's not a real place. Oh, it's not? Okay. okay. There, There is a... I did but see but, that but, but it is a different animal. country. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, for some reason, I, I don't know. I, I guess it is fictional, but I, I don't know. I was thinking something like Banana Republic. You know, South American Banana Republic. Yeah. They did shoot in Mexico, from what from what I'm seeing here, uh, which mostly doubled for the fictional Republic of Isthmus, locations in Mexico City. Uh, I think my one of my bigger issues with the the movie early on, and a lot of the other stuff is good. I think the casting's really good, like you were saying about the villain. He's a really good villain, uh, and I think Timothy Dalton is good. And uh, Benicio del Toro, yeah, yeah. One of his, a, in, in one of his early movies, that was really cool. A young and spicy, very Benicio <laughs> del Toro, very spicy. Uh, I I just wish like so I really like the the core idea of the movie. I I guess I just wish they'd have filled us in a little more. Uh, maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they didn't. Where Sanchez just, you know, they show him cut the heart out of that guy that was sleeping with his girl. All right, that's cool. I get that because that's that's real personal, right? But then Lighter's just after him like a federal agent should be. And then he even goes as far to say it's not personal. It's just business. But then he feeds into a shark and doesn't kill him. And kills his wife that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Rapes and kills his wife. Yeah. And and to double up on that, so so it just seems kind of weird that he's doing these things to him. And I guess we really are just supposed to take it so Vulcan-like that it's like, no nah, man, you're just a DA, DEA guy. I gotta, I mean, fucking feed you a shot. I don't care. Let's get out of the way. It's that simple to him. But it's so weird. This was the really weirdest thing. It really kind of set me out for the first little bit is that happens to Felix and nobody knows about it. It's like there's had, yeah. you know, bell hadn't been rung about this bond finds out from a flight attendant at the airport. Nobody has told him anything. Well, why is, 
Go how ahead. would they have done that? Like a fucking telegram well, or? I don't know. Why wouldn't they be looking for him? Like his flight leaves at this time. Go, go get Bond. He was closely involved in the capture of this guy. Sanchez has escaped. We need to go tell Lighter that. Like Bond is the first one to find Lighter. How is that? Sanchez escapes. He goes into that river or ocean, whatever it is, and and Bond's the first one to find Lighter. Nobody went to his house to go get like the lead, de- seemingly lead DEA agent. They're just calling his phone constantly. Like, well, he'll call us back eventually, I guess. We don't need him right now. Well, how many? Like again, they're in another country, right? Well, no, they're in Miami. No. Oh, is that yeah. is that yeah? That part's set in Miami. I don't know, man. That just seems real fucking nitpicky. Like, yeah, read. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, don't just not you too, Jordan. <laughs> Listen, here's here's how I saw that because yeah, it's weird that they brought him back, him and his wife back to the house. Wait, that's where the attack happened though. Right, but that, that's okay. fine. That's no, no, that's cool that Lighter and his wife are at the house. That's cool. I'm saying, why the fuck aren't the cops there? Like, as soon as Sanchez gets released, oh. like he like he gets, they drive into the water, and yeah. Lighter's not dead yet. Nothing's happened yeah. to anybody. He just he's gone missing. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is there not just swarms of cops with Lighter or coming back to his house? Like, oh, Sanchez is missing. Like, as soon as they find out, obviously, I don't, they won't find out that second, but they'll find out because their convoy just got fucked. Yeah. I mean, I that's that is a pretty. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's a plot hole, but that is. Yeah, I'm not calling it a plot hole. There. I'm just saying it's fucked up, and it take, took me out of it for a second. Yeah. Mm. Go, go yeah, ahead, Sergio. I, I, I still don't. I don't see it. Like, All right. like, like at some point there had the suspension of dis- disbelief has to kick in at some point, right? And. It's easy to believe that a police force is not aware enough of the last, you know, people that that, that guy interacted with. That they were like right. were proactive in looking for him at Felix Leiter's house. No, no, or that, or, 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 or or actively protecting Felix Leiter, like. Well, if not protecting him, just that there's an awareness about it because it's DEA agents, right? It's Killifer. The guy who betrays them. Yeah. That's a whole other little thing to me anyway. And and, has, and on top of that, if if this guy is so entrenched in the drug scene of Miami, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's bought off a few motherfuckers. And sure, that that's actually very fair. As, as soon as you started saying it, I kind of thought that's where you were going, and that, that does make sense. The yeah. movie just – then the, at the very least, the movie doesn't convey anything like that to us that he has that kind of a stranglehold in Miami and that we're supposed to like, Oh, we couldn't get to lighter in time because they paid off the cops. Sons no. of bitches. See, then that's not the, that's not the movie's job. The movie's job is to I, tell a compelling story with its characters. And I, through this entire part, I feel like it did. Fine. I, I'm not saying it needs to give me a dialogue bit to explain everything away. I'm just saying the convoy for the DEA agents, big ticket guy that they wanted it's fucking ransacked and nobody knows about it until Bond finds Lighter dead. That just doesn't add up to me. I'm sorry. But that fucking 
boat scene when he fucking harpoons onto that plane's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I like the uh, and I, I mean like the escape scene too. The escape scene yeah. is really cool. Yeah, the escape scene was really yeah. good. That was actually one of the baller things because later when they talk about it and Sanchez talks to Crest and he's like, I don't know, this fucking guy just comes on and plays. He's like harpoons and he's like, woo. And Sanchez just doesn't believe him. Yeah. So he thinks he's full of shit and, and trying to steal from him. So when he finds the money, it's easy for him to believe it because it's like, hey, man, what the fuck are you talking about, man? This, this, uh, this magical Englishman come over here, man? <laughs> it's actually really cool. You're going to get fucking me too, bro. <laughs> I think that's the wrong movement. <laughs> but that is actually really cool. That's one of the few things I'll give the movie that they take the genre and kind of fuck with it. And by mm-hmm. genre, I just mean the Bond stuff. Because in every other movie, Bond does all this r- ridiculous bullshit and gets away with it. And it's all just normal. It's yeah. super normalized that Bond does what he does. But in this movie, when he does his Bond things, it's like, shut the fuck up, man. You're full. Of, you're such a liar. And that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and a lot of the spy work was subtle in this movie. Yeah. Enough of it was, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's just the gadgets are those were the only ones that weren't subtle. Yeah. Fucking toothpaste is plastic explosives. Yeah. <laughs> you see, but the thing stuff. is, that's believable. It it is. It's just funny though. On, on top of everything else. What did y'all think long, of uh, Q in this movie? Because I, I love I him. love Q. Yeah, I I love generally just uh, love Q. And he's I, good in this. I mean, and he's in it a lot too. He is. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, I, I, I've never really I haven't been a fan of, of seeing Q just pop up for three minutes and be like, here's your new gadgets. So yeah. seeing him actually like interact with Bond on in numerous scenes was fun. I, I also found it very funny that Bond kept saying, get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here. And they never got the fuck out of there. Yes. I, yeah. I think that's funny, but I actually kind of dislike that. I can't tell if that's like supposed to be some endearing shit or if i'm supposed or if i should read that as can the movie make up its mind tonally does do do they want bond to have his his two buddies with him or is bond supposed to be a dick i can't i can't reconcile this right now yeah because because i think all three of them but especially uh pam the girl and uh q the old white man that they would all just that don't speak the language, that they would just stick out so odd there. They don't even have the same accents. I don't know. They should have really got out. But I, and I, I still don't know what that girl's deal is. Like, that that never made sense to me. It still kind of doesn't. Like, I guess she just... What do you mean? Like, what's her deal? What do you mean? You know, like, I don't, like, I guess you could say the same thing about Bond. Like, what's his deal doing things? You know, uh, why is he always involved in, like, why does he, why why wouldn't he leave? But, you know, he's just got this thing where he, I don't know, he just wants to, uh, I don't know, serve, you know, serve justice, maybe. I don't know. But like, what is yeah. her deal? Like, she doesn't have anything in this. She had a meeting I was gonna with say, Felix. Okay. 
you're you're saying like why is she involved? Why is she still there? Yeah, and why isn't she okay. like, oh, thanks for the hundred thousand dollars you gave me. I'm getting out of this fucking banana republic. I you know that's a, I think that's a good point, Jordan. That sounds like some read shit. So I'm gonna just you know rub this one for you a little bit that <laughs> I kind of agree with you because on top of that I think there is the forced love love situation between those two characters. I mean, the first time Bond meets that character in Felix's office, she doesn't even look at him, doesn't even address him. Yeah. And then the scene, just in the sa- in the same scene, she's like, "Hey, buddy, fuck you! I've I've flown a ton of missions into hell and back, and I know some bullshit." And then they're like, "Well, why don't you wait till I ask you, lady or lassie?" I know that's not his voice, but it's just <laughs> no, it's not. What do you mean? What do you but, mean? Like two minutes ago, you were telling him to go eat a dick, and now, now you want to eat his dick. Yeah. Like, uh, ha- mean, have we Bond have you seen a James? Effect. Yeah, I was about to say that's kind of a character trait of James Bond. No, yeah, he has he the most like, flavorful dick. Like that's cool when he puts just an ounce of like think of him as a mayonnaise squeezable mayonnaise or ranch however you want to go or some something spicy if you need nope, that mayonnaise mayonnaise you just, had it you had it the first just time. drop a drop he puts mm. out there sure women come a running when they get the whiff of that this dude isn't laying out any mayonnaise on anything man he's just telling her like and they're fu- they're sitting there fussing at each other and then all of us so i guess that's supposed to be the attraction like and, it, and it i felt, think maybe it felt forced yeah, and well, gosh, and even the one uh, with Sanchez's girl, like, yeah, I don't know. that's kind of forced a little. I, I agree with you. I don't think he was like putting out any mayonnaise for them. So, um, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, and they were both like in love with him at the end. I'm like, you've known yeah, this right. a week, but that's fine. That happens a lot in these movies. They yeah, love if they it. fall in love, that's fine. That is Bond. Sure. Sanchez's girl literally used the phrase, but I love him. Yeah. I know. And I was like, bitch, you just met him. Right. Like, you've literally had three minutes of screen time with him. And then at the end, he's like, you'll make a better, you know, you and the president will make a good couple. And she's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) A fun fact about El Presidente, Uh that is, if you remember from Russia with Love, Sergio might remember this better than you, you Jordan, because we've seen it recently. The the big wig guy that Sean yeah. Connery's character, or Sean Connery's character, that James Bond meets up with, <laughs> in from Russia with Love, that shows him around town and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. El Presidente in this movie is his son, is that actor's son. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that is cool. So, it, yeah, it was really cool to see that. And the oh, Felix so Slider. So it makes even less sense that James Bond hasn't aged in 30 years or 20 some odd years. Well, no, 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 no. It's just the son of the actor. Oh, I know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The one other trivia, since I've said this other one, it is it is the Felix Leiter in this movie is the same one from uh, Live and Let Die. So it's. These are the same Felixes. I so oh. I guess that means there's not a Felix between the two, between those two movies. That is cool. Hmm. I'd have to double check that, but that's something I noticed. And I was like, I, 
I guess that's like nine movies between those two, but okay, I'll I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's something I always I, I kind of wish Felix was around in more movies because he's yeah. kind of good. Um, you know, I don't know if foil is, is that's the correct term, but he's, counterpart he's like, like a, a contrast version. Yeah, uh huh. And, and that it, and it would help this movie a little bit because. You do have Bond in his wedding at the beginning of the movie. You have him. He's the best his, man in his wedding. Right. He's the best man at his wedding, <laughs> and he is mouth kissing his wife. Like, <laughs> to I be mean, fair, to be fair, she's mouth kissing him. I mean, maybe so. Look, it, it was the 80s. There was a lot of drugs and a lot of mouth kissing, okay? Dude, I heard people were uh, snorting gasoline back in those days. <laughs> Oh, uh, it, it's just to say the movies don't really establish the mo- this movie and the previous ones don't really establish that Bond and Lighter are any more friends than they were the last time we saw them. But it looks like they're pretty buddy buddy now. And Felix has even moved over to the DEA instead of the CIA, which is where he's been the previous movies. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Sorry, Sergio. I guess move on to something else to talk about so we can move off this read shit. <laughs> uh, the, the the final action sequence, uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of explosions. It was very fast and furious. Uh, very Michael Bay. Yeah, like like I I knew I, like the icing on the cake or the cherry on top of this movie was. At the very end, when was it Bond that? Yeah, I think it was Bond that drove the eighteen uh, wheeler on its on. He popped like, it off. It, no, it wasn't a wheelie. He he drove oh, it on inside. only on the right right wheels. Yeah. 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 Like, I I feel like back in the eighties that was like a show thing. It's like oh oh wow look what he can do. And someone yeah. said fuck that let's put it in a Bond movie. <laughs> I, I mean it's probably similar to that with this movie and, and it, all of its content anyway like I, I assume drug or cocaine movies were popular at the time what was yes. it 89 or 88 or something yeah 89 yeah, yeah it, this so, feels a lot like like a like Miami Vice yes yeah. yes that's I, I couldn't yeah. think of that but yeah that's exactly what I've heard yep. thrown at it in a comparison and I didn't realize I never really gave any thought that this movie was released around the same time as Batman '89. This this poor fucking movie just <laughs> just didn't have a good chance to to do anything. Like, was Honestly. this a success? Like, no, like no. Actually, this is one of the. I think I read this was either so either as it stands, it's one of the lower grossing ones, or based on inflation, it's the lowest grossing one. Like th- this one didn't do particularly well. I guess that's why they had to switch bonds, huh? Probably. It's, well, it probably is. He actually was going to do a third Bond movie, but something happened with it. It just fell through, and his contract um, oh. went out. And then uh, they were going to make it after the contract. He he wanted to do a third one, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. They just I think they decided to move on. Because he wasn't really well received, like you know, yeah. you've mentioned this to me, Reed, uh, about 
he's not quipping like he normally oh, does. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He, he's, he is very much not very quippy in this film. There, there's a lot of Bond-isms not in this movie, incidentally. Yeah. They're there, but they're very few. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get that in the, in the yeah we'll get that in the tropes section though. Okay. Uh, yeah. The best quip, if I remember correctly, came from the bad guy. Oh, he was good. Yeah, just because he's charming as shit. That actor played that yeah. role really well. But it's it's been a week since I watched it. I can't remember what the fucking quip was. So I guess let's move on. Oh, good good deal bringing it up. Was it the was it the one when he was at the table with all the Asian drug dealer guys. What did Where he say? Like, oh, something. Oh, what did he say? So this is a historic occasion where East meets West. The drug lords of the world unite. Something like that. <laughs> that is one hundred percent what Sergio was thinking. Was no. it? No. Uh, <laughs> that's not. A is quip. that a quip? <laughs> mm. Mm. Remember that whole la- laughing at or with thing? <laughs> I think I can tell the difference. Anyway, have we analyzed this movie enough then? Do you guys want to move on to another here's, section? Here's one thing I'll say. Um, the, mm-hmm. the girl wasn't bad. I did kind of like their uh, their relationship, except for the whole, like, her falling in love with him. That, that Lu- Lupe movie. or Pam? Pam. The other uh, girl... Not at all. I mean, she just didn't work for me at all. Yeah, like they're uh, to me, they're both very fine. It doesn't matter, and they're 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 fine. Aside from the stuff we talked about earlier, like they're acted fine. Yeah, and I think this movie is just. I think it's fine. Maybe a little better than fine. I, I mean, I do enjoy it. Like, you know, the yeah. end part is really like the whole fight is good. Uh, you know the way yeah, the he, movie um, on the whole is yeah yeah um, but I will say this the one thing I didn't like is and you know they didn't know this at the time but um with Benicio he was really good he was menacing I liked his uh I yeah. liked his death a lot um I liked uh you know when uh, they were revealing the whole gasoline part and uh. Benicio put the gun behind him. But I do hate that Benicio was gone for like an hour and a half. Yeah, he's gone from like the bar fight to that scene almost. And it it makes sense because he he would have immediately said, hey, this dude is uh, not on our side. Right. And I am kind of glad of of some of the other things I would I thought about the movie, even though it's kind of contrived. But yeah, good, good on you, movie. Whatever, for whatever reason, you kept the one character that would fuck it up away. So, I don't know. Good job, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I remember the quote now. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, it was uh, when the the money got all of the, what was it, blood all over it? Oh, yeah, launder it. Yeah, yeah. and they were like, what about the money? And he was like, launder it. I oh, that's good. Laughed out is, loud. Is is that a quip? I that's mean, I'm absolutely sure it is a quip. Yeah, because like it's bloody. You want to clean it, but he's a drug dealer, so I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's a pun. It's it's a it's, you know, you, he you launder money 
to hi- never mind, never mind. And and no, speaking, I, 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 I get it. Speaking of that, dude, this movie is violent. <laughs> yeah, it, it is for Bond movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it had a PG thirteen rating when it came out. It, I think that was the first one to have that. Yes, and I mean that uh, crest head just blew up. Oh yeah, that that was a pretty visceral kill for that character. Yeah. Like I don't remember see like I remember like the paper shredder thing that uh, Benicio fell into, <laughs> and I thought <laughs> that was pretty gnarly when I was uh, you know really young. But I completely I guess I just my mind blocked the head exploding pressure chamber scene. But oh man. Yeah. And, and then even Sanchez's death is kind of brutal. Yeah, because his because apparently Bond never fixed the lighter in any way. He just left it on super ultra maximum flame. Yeah, and apparently just... apparently Bond got no drops of uh, gasoline on him. Yeah, none, <laughs> nowhere on him. But anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, I do like this movie. I'm glad you guys uh, waited for me on this one because it, it's one of my favorites, honestly. And I do too. I don't want it to be confused that I like I, I hate this movie or something or think it's terrible. Sure does sound it just like has, this movie. It just has little things about it that definitely irk me, but it's definitely an enjoyable movie. So is I, Timothy Dalton the Rodney Dangerfield of James Bond's? He gets no respect, but he's not half bad. Yes. Yes. I, I absolutely yeah. like him more than I like uh, Roger Moore. Yeah. B- based on the way you ended that. Yes. Yeah. I know Lazenby is another one, but he had one. So I don't I know. It's yeah, not but, fair, I, but I don't really count him. Right. But I don't think he he gets. I don't think it's confused whether he should or shouldn't get respect. Right? Yeah. It's not like he did a stellar performance, and it's like, man, he really is just the underrated Bond, and you just don't know it. No, yeah. no, no, he just wasn't particularly that good. He was okay at yeah, best. Most people say uh, Dalton's not that good, and I completely disagree. Yeah, I, I would too. Like he, I think he's different from what Bond had been. If you just look at Connery, Much more. <laughs> yeah, he's very different from Moore, but. Even Kyle Connery, he's different enough. Yeah. But and and his movie, half of his movies, so just License to Kill, really, mm-hmm. are noticeably different. Mm-hmm. So he, and and he never got to flesh himself out. And this movie, like Sergio had said earlier, I, I think it was you, Sergio, that this almost isn't even a Bond movie. Yeah. Like if you take out a thing or two, it's not even Bond. Yeah, and, and it's kind of I still. I would agree with that. Still, it's it's kind of really not you could remove bond and you've got 80 percent of another movie mm-hmm. yep about I, I a drug agree. lord named sanchez doing this shit killing a dea agent almost like was this a season of breaking bad yeah <laughs> i don't know you, you know who Timothy Dalton looks like, and I, I noticed this during w- watching this movie. He looks like a a, a, a British John Ham. Who's John Ham? From Mad Men. Yeah, a little bit. Let's look up John Ham, shall we? John Ham. 
for yeah, for, okay. the, for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Reed is googling that. I I am. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. He's got a little bit, I think he's got a little bit more of a, like a square head, like a blockhead. Yeah. Shape. But yeah. No, I, yeah, I can kind of see it. Eyebrows, the way his eyes look. Yeah. I see that. All right. All right. Yeah, checks out from the visually impaired guy. <laughs> All right, well let's move along because we are we stayed on analysis quite a long time. That's not very common for us. What about that music, though? So the 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 music. Uh huh. The the song that opened the movie was done by Gladys Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. Now I missed the tips. Yes, yes. Just just Gladys Knight. And it should be noted that this movie came out in 89. Okay. Definitely not during Gladys Knight's heyday. <laughs> okay. Which would have been the 70s. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it didn't feel like it belonged. But it didn't feel like it belonged. <laughs> I'm weirdly... I, I'm the least... Uh, audiophile between us if that's the right term mm-hmm. but I, I like this song oh i liked the song yeah but it is yeah but i do agree with you it's weird it doesn't it feels weird as shit against this movie it feels weird for this decade it feels weird for like if you were going to distill down what this movie is mm-hmm. e- even if you just looked at Hey, let's look at the love aspect of this movie. I, no, no, this this song's real fucking weird, man. To me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, how many people had to turn down the offer to do the Bond song for Gladys Knight to be who they land on? I is, is it like that though? Is Gladys not is Gladys Knight not a famous name even by no no in eighty nine like that. That would be oh, like I'm sorry for you to defend your position. Like like Sergio's got a great point because who did the Live in Daylight song? Do y'all remember? Uh oh gee. We did it was the Oh who what it was Duran like Duran. Off, right? Duran, okay. Okay. No, no, no. Duran Duran did uh, a view to a kill. Okay. Well, I wonder who did the Live in Daylight song. Because I'm that's a like very eighties song oh it was aha aha there you okay. go yeah no. they had like one yeah yeah was it uh-huh? super 80s band in that time uh this really like, shouldn't be this hard guys <laughs> like the new bonds got billy eilish she's like relevant now uh, uh, so i see what you're saying sergio like maybe gladys knight was bigger yeah, it was done by uh-huh she was big in the 80s late 80s i just i don't remember that I don't think I like I'm almost positive that was past her prime. That'd I'm be like Fergie so. doing the new song. Yeah. You know, for for the for the movie that's coming out in 2021. Hey, let's get that hot artist. The Black Eyed Peas. Like what? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Was Madonna popular when Die Another Day came out? Yeah. Yeah. Was she? Yes. Why? Yeah. <sighs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the audiophile, so. Yeah, like the song is fine. Like I, I enjoyed the song. I was tapping my foot to the song. Uh, I, I liked the intro as a whole, but. The credits are nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, what the fuck is the credits? Hold on now. Hold on. Somebody explain the credits to me, because is that like the song remixed or revamped or some shit? No, 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 no. The credits, like at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. When, uh, you know, he literally oh, oh, the oh, Broccoli's present. Oh, oh, the opening credits. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I and you. I thought the song fit it well. There's a lot of Bond movies where it doesn't fit well. But, yeah. I mean, kind of like everything with this movie. It's it's okay. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's and, fine. Yeah. And it's, the, the, it's the, the, not the, so like it's not so horrible, and it's not fantastic either. Yeah. Uh, and over the 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 closing credits, it's a "If You Asked Me To" that plays Patty Labelle song. <laughs> They're going big on the '70s singers, aren't they? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> The the thing that struck me about the uh, end credits was uh, it was one song, and it was like three minutes of credits for a James Bond movie. That's a- it. Actually, it's it's funny. We've been binge watching all of these. Most of the closing credits are short. Really? Yeah, because they're all front loaded at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I mean, and I and I guess industry rules don't indicate that you have, or at least at that point, didn't indicate that you have to list them again i don't know yeah uh the, the last thing i want to say about the the, the music uh is un- unlike the older james bond movies where when the action sequences kick up the music disappears this one did a better job of having like orchestral cues yes. when he was punching people and it was mm. great during that uh the final chase scene yeah. I love the music there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in older movies, it's all you hear is like squeaking shoes and air conditioning vents. It's it's real uncomfortable. So it's it's great to see these movies learn <laughs> how to make movies. But that's that's all I got for music. Jordy, did you have anything else for that one, or are you tapped out? No, honestly, a, a little underwhelmed. But I think it's that. Like, the 80s were a weird time, but going into the early 90s, I think, might be a little more weird than the 80s, honestly. And maybe they were playing it safe with Patti LaBelle and uh, Gladys Knight. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe they were like reaching, a good reason. Yeah, reaching back for an older audience, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, they mm. were fine. They're fine songs. Both of them are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And they're they're American, so most a lot of the movie takes place in America. So I don't know if that if they ever. Let's see, eighty nine. Uh, th- 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 this could have been a Whitney Houston song. For sure. You know. Uh, this this could have been a Cindy Lauper song. Like if we're going with a lady song, you know. Yeah. No, those are two like heavyweights. Madonna, even. Yeah, Madonna. It, it could have been a hair metal song. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would have fit the explosive, like the explosions and stuff in the the, the third act. Like, right. and even License to Kill sounds like a metal song. Yeah, imagine Ozzy Osbourne doing a song called License to Kill. Yeah, that would be actually really cool. He did a song called Shot in the Dark, which. That's kind of the vibe I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
actually just just <laughs> re-record shot in the dark as license to kill oh i love the symbol, it the syllables line right up so i was looking on the imdb trivia page and i love this this piece right here um it said the title was originally license revoked but it didn't test well because a lot of the american audience didn't know what revoked meant yeah fuck <laughs> i know i can't help but laugh sometimes <laughs> All right, guys. Sorry about that. I had to change microphones. Mine got spilt on. I spilled something. My Coca-Cola exploded nearly. Uh, now I have to sit here doing this shirtless. So let's just move on to tropes. And uh, sorry yeah. about that. Debriefing in cocktails now 100% sexier. Good, good thing we're not doing video, I guess. <laughs> All right, tropes. This this is actually a pretty low low time of tropes because this one really just doesn't have that many. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jordy really, had, really does. Yeah, had mentioned earlier the uh, shake and not stirred thing. Yeah, he does have that right. And and it's not even no no yeah he does say it. He just doesn't say it to the barkeep. He gets someone else to do it for him. Yeah. But still. Uh, you've got the one. There's at least one quip from Bond later on in the movie when the whole place is exploding, and I, I just can't think of what they what he actually says is. Oh, it's like something like, "Oh, uh, that guy ran into a dead end" or something like that <laughs> when he was on the forklift or something. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I really don't remember what it was. Something like that, though. Yeah, there just aren't many quips. Yeah. Really, really not. You know, there's the the quip about the whole drug lords unite. That one's in there. It's pretty good. It's not. Is that a quip? Um, Jordan, did you see any quips? Uh, the launder, <laughs> you know, launder it, as Sergio said earlier. Hey, I want to point out one thing I didn't mention earlier. Um, I don't know if y'all caught this. The Hong Kong agent is the guy that played. Uh, uh, the bad guy in Mortal Kombat. I don't want to get his name wrong. It Shao is. Kahn. Shang yeah. Sung. No, he played Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Oh, yes. Yeah. Shang Tsung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I did, as soon as you started saying that, yeah. It's like, yep. Well, and see, when guy. I saw him, I was like, I don't remember him in this movie, but he's obviously a bad guy because he's always a bad guy. <laughs> he wasn't. No, no, no not in this one. When he was playing a bad guy. Yeah. He had a heart of gold. I, I think it's funnier that if I'm not mistaken, his he is Chinese or the character's Chinese. Yeah. But then he has what looks like ninjas. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> um we do we did kind of miss a gloss over the biggest trope in the movie, which is Q. Everything yeah. Q. Yeah. Of course. But again, like the way they use Q is not as tropey as it usually is. Right. He's not. But yeah. he, he is a trope. He's kind of a trope device a little bit. Yeah. Well, at least mainly when he's doing the 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 uh, the gadgets. Yes. That's mainly the trope for him. The yeah. rest of it is trying to be helpful, Uncle. Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. He, he beds two women. He does. Uh, three? No. No, it is just two. 
No, no, yeah, he beds two and he open mouth kisses a third. <laughs> on her wedding day. <laughs> on her wedding day. <laughs> on her wedding day. <laughs> what about uh, uh what about kills? So, kills. I counted nine. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, I am now looking it up uh, to to see if I was correct. I this is uh, License to Kill, I'll Bond Kills. Him. There are He's ten. Over. I was close. Ah. Mm. Very close. You were. Um, oh, well, well, like more people died in that movie. Oh, no, no. A lot of people like died. Yeah, just at James the end Bond. by not Bond. Yeah, James oh, okay. Bond only killed 10. Okay. Uh, I'll say rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this, and I, I don't know if I really pushed it earlier, but I, I think it's a little... You could maybe fit it in tropes somewhere, somehow. Um, the whole evangelist thing was yeah. really such a good part to this movie to me. E- even if it feels a little tropey or, or a little if it's overplayed in 89 or I don't know or not, but I just thought it was a cool, it's a cool gimmick, a cool way that the villain is getting his uh, drugs out there. And then he has this whole complex and all that stuff. And then the evangelist at the end, when Pam is trying to work with, trying to finagle him and and trick him and all that. And she drives by him on the golf cart, takes the money and is like, God bless you, child. Like, what is this guy? <laughs> I do. Lo- I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, not to get too creepy, but uh, Pam is so cute in that uh, seduction scene with him. Yeah. Yeah, like, she, it is. It's a really cute kind of. It's a little off putting in a way with that character, the way they propped her up part of the yeah. movie. Yeah, because she's like a tomboy and now she's like. A seductress. Yeah. That scene. Right. It's either I think she's played that. Mm-hmm. She she's either so seductive that she can get any man, or the evangelist is so cringy and, and scummy that she doesn't have to do very much. Yeah. But you know, we don't know. But funny enough, when you said about the creepy thing, I thought you were gonna talk about and I know this isn't a trope, but this is probably our last section to talk about it. Isn't this the one where the explosion with the tanker at the end, there was a whole situation going on that there was like a hand coming out of the smoke? That was like a, like the the set had trouble going on, Jordan? Yeah, I heard that. Um, Like there's a picture online of like a hand coming out of the flame. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, okay, so I think the story is, this might be an urban legend too, but like, a, a bus of nuns was killed on that. Oh, road. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember this. And um, apparently that was like a haunted picture or something. I don't know. That was, I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't really buy that. But um, the thing is, in the movie, it's not there. Like, so that picture was oh. probably photoshopped. Oh, I see. A, a, well, bus of, a bus of nuns sounds like the first line of a joke. <laughs> the, funny enough though you do talk about sen- something being censored apparently this movie was censored at some point and, and like the the release we have watched to watch now is like the normal release but maybe the theatrical release was censored in some way or 
something to that effect. I, I'm under the impression parts of this movie were censored. Like maybe the the scene with a uh, crest in his head exploding. Like maybe they diverted the camera for that. Yeah. Who knows? I'll have to. I wish I'd have looked into that a little more. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of language in this movie. I mean, it is PG-13. Yeah. But um, they don't take a yeah they don't use it for the language like movies kind of do now right you get the r rating and people just say fuck all the time yeah yeah uh, well there's the violence though like yeah. benicio del, del toro gets ground up do we really see that though we we like we see we the see like the, the chunks of flesh falling from the bottom okay i got you. yeah and um like uh when uh like Lighter. the shark attack scene is kind of yeah. rough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy that this movie was PG-13. But, you know, like Indiana Jones Temple of uh, Doom had a heart ripped out and it was PG. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, thing. I think there was a reason for that. I don't think Indiana Jones uh, and the Temple of Doom. What, what year did that come out? That was before the PG-13 ranking. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why. That's why that came out. Uh, yeah. Or one of the reasons why. Uh, Jaws was PG. For a long time, <laughs> movies were G or PG. That's wild. Oh, was there just no R even? There was, but I mean, you had to be something like The Godfather. Like, insanely violent. Yeah. Obviously, for adults. Mm. And which one was that? Is that Indian, uh, The Lost Ark? Temple of Doom. Yeah. Uh, Last Crusade came out in 89. Temple of Doom came out in 84. Yep. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that movie is was instrumental in getting PG-13 created because PG-13 was invented in 84 as well. Yeah. One more trope. I don't yeah. know if this is a trope or not, but um, it might be Sanchez has a pet. So the villain yeah, has got the iguana. Yeah, yeah. That fucking is. iguana, dude. <laughs> Another thing I just laughed out loud at. <laughs> you can only get away with that shit in a James Bond movie or like on a vacation. Like that's the, you you see that asshole walking through a theme park in Orlando, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. I think they had a little more fun with movies back, uh, you know, 30 years ago than now because – there's obviously a part in there where uh, the guy that played Sanchez ad-libbed because he kissed the girl, and then he had the iguana on his shoulder, and he's like, oh, do you want to kiss too? And he kissed the iguana. <laughs> and I I'm going to go back and look at that. I could see them saying, ah, that's kind of cute. Let's keep it. I couldn't see them like actually <laughs> scripting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I want to go look at that now. I don't know. I don't remember that. Um, last, last thing to say for this then too, with the tropes, since this will be the last section to say it at all, I kind of disliked that Sharky was just ceremoniously killed just off screen. Yep. You're, you're supposed <laughs> to just, this character's just in the movie and then he's not. Yep. Did, 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 I did see it coming though. His name was Sharky. Right. That's cool. Right. Yeah. That, that's real cool that he's, that he isn't going to make it. But there's no, we don't have any reason to think that the 
Crest's crew is going to find him. Did they find him? All we know is they come back, they got Sharky hung up, and he did. Yeah, and he's obviously going to be a little easier to find than Bond. But sure. you would have think they could have found Bond if they found Sharky. I would at least question it. But, but just the same, it's still none of that's even the thing. It's just this character was a character, and then he wasn't. And yeah. there's nothing there's nothing that prompted him to be dead. It's not like he did something and got found or they said, hey, we found this thing over there. We're going to go check it out. And maybe yeah. there's some trouble going on. Nothing. He's just he helps Bond get them to go sailing. Oh, it'll take us about six hours, Mr. Bond. He goes. Then they go to the night scene and Sharky was with him last we saw and then next time he's he's dead on a boat. Look at this guy. His name was Saki too. <laughs> what do you mean? All right, I'm glad I didn't invest hey, in this great, character great, at great. all. Great. Last thing I want you to say, because I, I, I think this is a good point, is uh, talk about Felix's last scene in the movie. Oh my God! Thank you for actually reminding me, Jordan, because I definitely 100% forgot that Sergio. If you mm-hmm. say this is a readism, I'm I'm off this podcast. I'm done because I I think this is 100 percent accurate. Well, well then then I'm definitely going to say it. All right. Well, no pressure. <laughs> End of the movie. So tell tell me what happens to Felix in this movie up until you know the end of the movie. Don't talk about that. Just talk about what's happened to him pre that. Me? Yes. He got cool. he got his leg bit off by a shark and then he sits in the hospital. Right, and and his wife got raped and killed too. Yeah, that's well, all. Yes, yeah. yeah. So he, you, you'd say, would he's, you say he's been? He's had a bad thing? time. He's had a he's, bad time. He's had a bad time. That's <laughs> we'll go with that. Into the movie, he gets on the phone and says like, "Hey James, it's Felix. You know what? I'm gonna catch you Monday. Don't worry, we'll go golfing sometime, buddy. Don't you worry about a palo mine. What do you mean? <laughs> Were you not on death's bed like two hours ago in this fucking movie? Uh, I don't like think how much time was passed. But... No, he he wasn't, but he maybe wasn't getting his leg back or some shit. Either way, he wasn't having a good time, and he's just like, "Oh, James, bring me back a carton of cigarettes, would you? Thanks, pal." He's he's like, the carefree what? American, right? He's a fucking cocaine up American or drugged up American or something at the end of this movie. I don't know, but it's, I, I, I remember telling Jordan that, and thank you for reminding me. It's when I recognized that I was like, that character is sounds way too happy for all the things that have happened to him. And given the attitude that James has had the entire movie, this just seems to really deflate the whole thing to me. Okay. Okay. That's, I'm going to say that's not read shit. You're right. He, okay. he, he should, that he should be at least a little dour. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. for the record, that's all I'm saying. Just sound, ah, uh, James, you know, it was a hard, fuck, tough fight, but you did it. Thanks, buddy. It's, it's just, not going to bring my wife back yeah. or my leg. Yeah. But yeah. thank you for your work. Yeah, there you go. It's fine. It's fine. Sound like you've been through some shit. <laughs> not like you lost a dollar. <laughs> anyway, let's go to rankings. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody before we get on this and figure this out. Thanks for the patience on this one. Sorry it hadn't been very well done by me. I will get this mic stuff in order 
sooner or later. This is all new to me. So, Sergio, for the benefit of Jordan, explain this ranking thing one more time. Okay, so every time we watch a James Bond movie, we put it on a list. Uh, That list is a ranked list, uh, best to worst, one being best, uh, and whatever number we're on being the worst. The, The highest number is the worst. We've watched 13 movies so far, uh, and so we have a 13-movie list. Uh, I'm going to read through this uh, to give the listeners and Jordan an idea of what we're working with here. So starting from number 13 and working our way to number one, uh, we have From What Russia With Love, Dr. No, The Spy Who Loved Me, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Quantum of Solace, Live and Let Die, The Living Daylights, Tomorrow Never Dies, Goldfinger, Casino Royale, Goldeneye, The Man with the Golden Gun, and Skyfall. I love that um, The Man with the Golden Gun is ranked so high, because I love that one. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun fun movie. From Russia with Love is your... Least favorite? Oh my god! I might have to watch that. It's fucking boring, man. I'll have to watch that one again. It it was it was pretty boring to both of us. I agree. I agree with Doctor No. Yeah. For sure, but so where would y'all put this one? Uh, and 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 that's and and that's where our we, we had mentioned earlier. Um, technically, to to keep the to to preserve the the purity. Of our ranking of bonds list, you do not have a say, Jordan. Okay. Right. You can you can put, put put your opinion out there, but the okay. decision falls on me and Reed. Great. Yeah. So if you so, want to, I'll, I'll say you can you can give your two cents. Yeah. Okay. Where is Living Daylights ranked? Was that one of them? Living yeah. Daylights number seven. seven. Okay. I sent it to you in a text, Jordan. By the way, so it should okay, get to you. you in a minute. Yeah, yeah, that'll make it easy. But yeah, Living Daylight's about the middle. Okay. Then that's a really good starting point uh, because I would say this movie is better than The Living Daylights. I would – I'd agree with that. It's okay. definitely better than that. So that means it's going to be in the top half of the list. We know that much. Yeah, it'll be seven to one. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can tell you right now it's not better than Skyfall, so it's, it's not even there. It's not better than Goldeneye to me kind of work down yeah yeah it's it's not better than the man with the golden gun so 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 yeah i i personally i would say it's better than goldeneye but that's just because i i did not enjoy goldeneye that much yeah we'll work around yeah but but i understand that it's not going to go above that yeah it's so it's better than tomorrow never dies yes yes uh even though i like i like tomorrow never dies it's it, it's a little cleaner in certain ways than this movie is. And, and I'm a little biased to be fair against the older the movie, the worse it is in some ways to me, or it's harder for me to get past the age. Yeah. Uh, I don't. So even if you like, cause even if you don't like golden, I don't think this movie is better than casino Royale. I don't think so either. 
for what it's worth, my two cents. <laughs> and I, uh, um, I, I think it might, if it, it's not better than Goldfinger, like Goldfinger's too seminal. No, and you see, that's where, I think that's where you kind of, that, that's my breaking point is I'll give you Goldeneye and Casino Royale, but Goldfinger, while seminal, it's real dumb. Oh. It's real fucking dumb. Oh. This movie is cool and not dumb. <laughs> All right, Jordan, do you have a – give me a minute to think and, and, and breathe, I guess, to see what I can say. So when I think of Bond movies, I think of, like, obviously the Bond, the villain, and then the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think – I think that – I like Sanchez a lot, but I think Arik Goldfinger is a better villain. He's definitely more iconic. Um, I think Sanchez is a better character villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a solid. I mean, he is a solid villain, dude. Yeah, he's he's a perfectly good villain. He's probably better than Arik Goldfinger in being characterized and be like. Or Goldfinger just likes gold. Yeah. That's all you know about that man. That's basically it. And Robin Fort Knox is pretty cool. It is cool. His scheme is cool. Yeah, yeah. But I'd I'd really like the cocaine to gas. That is so cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> I I just like Sanchez as a character as a whole. Like he's a defined enough character. He appreciates loyalty. He doesn't uh, take kindly to anything. He, he's very ruthless when it comes down to things. You fuck me, I'm going to murder you in a very explicit way. There's yeah. no two ways about that. And yeah. he's actually a charming person when the situation's called for. You know, you do take like him talking to the Chinese businessman. He's a charming villain or he's a charming person. Yeah. And yeah. he's even and he's charming with Bond, you know, up until he finds out that he's a traitor. You know, yeah. and he's respectable and decent to Bond. Like Bond gives him good information, quote unquote, and yeah. he and he pays him for the for it. You know, that's a pretty good, pretty good code or system for him to have. So it's it's looking like it's, um, you know, on par with Goldfinger, but. I think it loses out on the Bond girl because Pussy Galore is. Oh yeah. She's Pussy Galore, you know. Yeah. She she's an infinitely better Bond girl than Pam Bouvier, Marge's other 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 sister. <laughs> like, like Goldfinger isn't a very good, isn't the best villain in character, but he. He is by far the mo- more iconic than and odd than job is in that too. Yeah, yeah. odd job. I was, I was actually about to say that odd job might be what flips yeah. the switch for me because odd jo- oh yeah. But Benicio is, but he's no. unutilized. No. He, like he's if, not if, if they gave enough. Benicio del Toro some stupid ass name and a gimmick, then maybe <laughs> maybe I'd be like, no, but this guy. But do, no, he's. Do y'all yeah. remember Benicio's name in this movie? Ro- I can- no, I can't. Dario. I- that Dario. is a Italian Dario. name. Why? Yeah. What, what is that? That's not even menacing. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. All right. If so, he were the code breaker from fucking Star Wars, he'd be better. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I just helped the side. It's all great. So, you know, we help the people. I all don't right. know. I don't know. He's going to throw us out. Let's see. So. I, oh, yeah. I, I'd have to. No, I'm not saying no, but yeah, I mean, Goldfinger's too iconic. There's too many iconic traits to that movie. All right. God damn it. Okay, let's then 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 what we're doing is we're putting uh License to Kill at number six below Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. That and that's where absolutely I would say. above Tomorrow Never Dies. Absolutely. Now, just j- just just so you read and the listeners know, this little pocket here, uh <sighs> Uh, between Tomorrow Never Dies and License to Kill, I'm going to be spamming the fuck out of that pocket. <laughs> because Tomorrow Never Dies is a trash movie. And how did it end up? And above- I, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I, I'm kind of regretting where it is because The Living Daylights, I would watch that any day before. Well, I don't know. The, Tomorrow Never Dies is one scene. It's that cool motorcycle scene. Everything else is trash. I don't know, man. We we got it on wax, so you can go figure out why you say why you agreed. Good point. Good point. So, so one thing I heard about Tomorrow Never Dies that makes it kind of rewatchable is that uh, Pierce Brosnan hated Terry Hatcher. Well, <laughs> like, doesn't he everyone? Hated her. Which was he Terry could... Hatcher? Is that the lowest chick? Yeah. 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 Like he couldn't stand her, and she, I don't think she could stand him either. That's pretty and So watching them like do romantic scenes is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still just like Pierce Bros. I, I like the dressing of that movie. I just wish it was better. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on that movie any at this point, but there was, there was that was the movie that had the remote control car in in the uh, where, yeah. where Bond was in the back seat driving it. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, it's just full of dumb stuff. So, so okay, I, I, I can, I can acquiesce and, and put License to Kill at number six. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, man. It's just, I, I would honestly argue that this, the top five movies are already there. That, Those, that none of the other movies we haven't watched would even come close to fitting there. Is what you're saying? I'd have to like, I'd have to look back at all of them again to be sure. But maybe, like it, at least to me, I can, I'll go ahead and tell you spoilers. Skyfall's not moving. <laughs> I, I didn't anticipate it moving. If anything, I could so like the movies in my mind that never get touched, arguably, and that's not to say the order they're in now is perfect for this, but it's just to say that's how good these movies are or how important they are. Is Casino Royale, Goldfinger. And Goldeneye, I think those movies are that's like top five, top six ish movies of the Bond movies in the first place. Like those movies make the franchise. All right, all right. And and I I, I get I'm sure there's contention for Goldeneye, or at least I feel like there is. And I don't mean just with you, I mean other people. But I feel like that movie definitely came in swinging. And maybe Jordan can regale us with tales of GoldenEye's release back then or around yeah. that time. When I was a young man, I saw that in the theater, and it was it was a badass time, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
because re- even at this point, I really didn't know James Bond. I, you know right. what I mean? And yeah, like, yeah. it was my second Bond movie. The first one was uh, License to Kill, and I, you know, yeah, this obviously it had different I actors. Know. I don't even think Felix was in. Um, he wasn't. Oldena. No, they they had a they had another CIA guy. Okay, yeah, there. yeah, who shows up in another movie with Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan? Um, yeah, who that same actor was in another in a Roger Moore movie as the villain? That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, or or uh, Sean Connery. He's in Sean Connery villain, I think. And I, I gotta remember. be honest, I am not the biggest Connery fan. I like Sean Connery fine. I just don't love all. I love. I like him as the character. I just don't care for all of his movies. Off the top of my head, it's been a while. Like when we get to Thunderball, and you only live twice, and Diamonds Are Forever, we'll see. Because Thunderball, like historically, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the big. Like when it came out, it was bigger than the last one. Like they just kind of kept going above, beating each other. The movies as they came out. Yeah. Um, and I think You Only Live Twice is kind of where it started tapering off a little bit. But I think Thunderball beat... Was was Thunderball before Goldfinger? Was it like the third? Wasn't it Doctor No, no it's, from it's, it's, a, it's after because we haven't watched it yet. After Goldfinger? Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah, it. I think it does better at the box office than Goldfinger did. I don't know if it... Is held up better than Goldfinger or not? I, I I don't even remember shit about Thunderball other than there's like some under underwater sequence. I I remember that movie being boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> when we get to that. Hmm. Well. Well, do you want to read the, the the list or do we want you to leave it as is? You know what? Let's see. I will read this list. So. Going from top, from bottom to top, once again, number 14 from Russia with Love. Love. Why did I say it that way? From Russia with Love. Dr. No at number 13. 12, The Spy Who Loved Me. 11, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. 10, Quantum of Solace. 9, Live and Let Die. 8, The Living Daylights. 7, Tomorrow Never Dies. Six, License to Kill. Five, Goldfinger. Four, Casino Royale. Three, GoldenEye. Two, The Man with the Golden Gun. And one, Skyfall. Slow clap. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it, Sergio. We made it. And we made it with our wonderful guest star. Yes, glad to be here. And y'all are officially over the hump. This is halfway through all the Bond movies. So before we get out of here, Reed, what what are we watching next time? Yeah, sorry about that. To almost almost forgot. Thanks for the reminder, Sergio. We're going to watch the next Pierce Brosnan movie, which is The World Is Not Enough, with Denise Richards as Christmas Jones. <laughs> and I actually like this one. I remember liking this one. Like, was that it, one? like it's dumb. But I remember liking it. Like, there was a hot minute there where Denise Richards was hot shit. Like, it was only yeah. like 18 months. It really was, because, it, it, you know, you had Starship Troopers, then you had the, heard in this Bond movie. I don't know if that was in the 18 months strictly, but 
you know, she was in this, she was in Starship Troopers, and I can't remember the other movie that was Wild Things, boys. Was oh, it Wild oh, Things? Wild Things, yeah, yeah. She she was also an undercover brother. Undercover, that's the one I was really trying to think of. Yeah, yeah undercover yeah. brother and Wild Things. Yeah. So yeah, she had a little hot minute of being the starlet. Um, but yeah, this movie's gonna see the return of a fan favorite from Goldeneye too. So I'm really excited for that. And it's not the CIA agent. Oh. Well, having never seen it, I'm excited. Yes. Be excited. Be excited for a romp through some wonderful garbage. (laughs) (laughs) And Jordan, thank you so much for being on this one with us. And sorry for the extended stay that you had. So glad to be here. Is there anything you'd like to like to plug, Jordan, before you go? No, I need to do something. Because <laughs> um, um, Sergio always asks me that. I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything. I, I have a job. You can visit my work website, I guess. No, nothing to plug. Sergio, well, what do you got? I know you got something. Uh, well, of course, there's always Shellheads, uh, our TMNT podcast, uh, and the Reality Reach podcast, which I'm going to go ahead and plug this for Jordy. He's going to be on. Uh, I'm actually finishing up the edit on an uh, episode about movies that I do with Jordy. Woo-hoo. It's where I'm officially announcing my my year-long project to watch a shit ton of movies. But you, you'll have to tune into Reality Breach to see what that's all about. Mm. All right. Well, Sergio Jordan, thanks so much for being here. Sergio, as always, you're here, so thanks for still being here and for the post-production work that you do on the show. And thanks to Clarence Brown. At this point, I've just grown to thank him and want to say stuff about the discussing group of stuff. I don't remember what he actually does for us, but you know what? I sure like that fellow and Robert Morris and everybody else at the black pocket podcast and old Jeff Hubbard. And if I'm forgetting somebody, that's, that's my bad. I'll try and do better. So thanks. And have a wonderful April. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Q Not, and Break Up Rock.